Hey, welcome back to the latest episode of One Take Wonder with Hot Weird Girl. I'm the hot weird girl in question, Alexia, and I'm so glad you're here. But I'm also very glad that we're seeing each other virtually through the audio waves because I've been getting some of your messages. Some of y'all want to beat my ass for meeting missing the episode on Monday. And I get it. And I just want to say, one, it will never happen again. Two, um, for my international listeners who may not know this, this past Monday was Memorial Day, which is one of the biggest holidays in America, not in like a Christmas or Thanksgiving sort of sense, but in the sense that everyone is pretty much off of work. A lot of businesses are closed. Depending on which area of the country you're in, a lot of restaurants might even be closed. And it's a day to commemorate um, soldiers who fell in service to the United States. I spent the holiday weekend in Florida, which was extremely fun and also very terrifying because Florida is a fascist state run by Ron DeSantis. But the weather is so nice. That's the thing about Florida is like, yes, all the people are crazy. Um, I was scared driving down there, but the weather, oh, I almost caught a gecko. So that's my exciting update, but this is a very special episode dedicated to friendship, and I want to open it up by talking about what friendship has meant to me and what friendship has meant to you guys. Um, So many people submitted stories about how female friendship was impactful to them, what it meant. And so I want to use my own experiences and use those experiences that we'll get into in a second to juxtapose the latter half of this podcast, which is talking about how it's very difficult to make meaningful friendships as a woman because of the way we're socialized, particularly because of the way we're taught to see friendships as a stepping stone to a relationship and how we're ultimately taught to abandon our friends in favor of romantic relationships. So if this sounds like something that would be interested to you, interested to you, interesting to you, then please keep listening. So it's funny to admit now, um, but also deeply embarrassing. So just you know, hold space for me being vulnerable in this moment. But technically in my teenage years, I was not like other girls in the sense that like, I had a pretty rough experience with friendships in middle school to make a very long story short. When I was 11, I told this girl that we needed to go shopping at our local mall because we needed new clothes because we did dress pretty badly and we needed like more Aeropostale and Abercrombie, Hollister, you know the vibes. Okay. Like I went to middle school in 2009. So she goes home and tells her older sister what I said. It was obviously read as very offensive, which I can recognize that now. Neurodivergent things. Anyway, so I think my road to trusting women in my life was very fraught because of a really bad experience with middle school. And unfortunately, this led me to be not like other girls for a majority of my high school career, which is so deeply embarrassing. And it feels very raw to admit this on the podcast. But just to set the scene, when I was in sixth grade, uh, I went to a very small private school So there were only like 16 girls per grade and we were all pretty close knit. And then like the middle school dynamics kicked in. Think about the click. Um, 
I made the mistake of telling this girl that I thought we should go shopping because we needed new clothes, emphasis on the we. And she went home, told her older sister. Her older sister then sent me emails threatening to beat me up. I said, how are you going to beat me up? You've been suspended. We go back and forth, da 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 Her sister said I was dead. I said she was a slut. She prints off the part where I called her sister a slut and not the part where she threatened to beat me up. Unfair, I think. Anyway, the point is, is that 15 girls in the grade stopped talking to me. And so if I didn't want to be a complete loser for the rest of my middle school career, or at least for the rest of sixth grade, um, I had to switch to eating with the boys. And I found that it was still complicated, but it was a lot more simple in terms of like not having to mind those like pubescent politics, which is a whole separate podcast. But essentially I came into high school being very wary of other girls because I had been the target of some pretty mean behavior. And those girls and I ended up making out, well, making up Jesus. We ended up making up, but that experience still left like some scars. It was something that was really difficult for me in my adolescence. So when I got to high school, I just thought it was easier to gravitate and to hang out with boys. And I also really wanted to be treated differently. I think on my last podcast or maybe a few episodes prior, I said that pick me is as noxious and harmful as they are, are also to be pitied because ultimately what they're trying to escape is the curse of femininity. They think by not ascribing to feminine aesthetics, behavior, interests, that they can not be treated like a woman which isn't true. And I think I fell into that trap a little bit, except for I think I was the girliest tomboy on the planet because I still loved getting my hair and my nails done and my outfits. I was just really nervous about hanging out with other girls. And so a lot of my friends in high school were guys. I mean, shout out to like the three close female friends that I had. I think one of them listens to this podcast. So, hey girl, pretty sure our birthday's coming up. Um, Anyway, that experience left me at the end of high school realizing that I hadn't formed these like substantial deep bonds that I saw other girls having with each other. Like because my parents obviously weren't letting me sleep over at my guy friend's house and because I was a girl who was hanging out with all guys, my parents approached that situation very cautiously. So, you know, I could, if the boys wanted to stay out till like 2 or 3 a.m., you know, on a weekend, like I absolutely had to have my ass home by like 1130, maybe 12 at the latest. So I was still missing out on crucial time and it made me feel really lonely. And one of the things I reflected on my summer before college is that I probably would have had deeper bonds if I wasn't so scared of women. And then it made me realize that all the things I was scared of, like petty drama, cattiness, I had watched in my group of guy friends. Like I will never forget these two guys. We were all neighbors and they got mad at each other because they were wearing the same like Jordans or something. And that was so unacceptable to them. And they were like texting shit in the group chat. Um, They wanted to fight each other. I mean, it was so incredibly stupid, but then I was like, oh, that's not any stupider than the things that I've been through with girls. And I kind of isolated myself from my gender for no reason. And also, 
like, I don't want to pretend to be into sports. There was such a painful time in my life to the point where, like, now, if anyone's, you know, saying that out loud, I just realized that someone is listening to this, and I've definitely told them that I don't understand sports. But that is the thing about this being a one-take wonder, and also, I actually don't know how to edit that out. So, sorry that this podcast has been of a rambly mess so far. The point is is that I made it a goal when I went to college to make a group of solid female friends. And I did that. And I am so fucking fortunate because of it. Like this weekend, I'll be going to a close friend's bachelorette party. I'll be in her wedding. The last wedding that I was in for one of my best friends, Julia, I literally cried so much about the ceremony that my makeup had to be redone. And then I cried the whole night and like half the pictures are of me crying because I realized that it's such a Like, it was such a blessing to be there for my friends on that special day. And when I reflect on what friendship has done for me, not just being there for me in my happiest moments, but, like, every breakup, my girlfriends have been there. Every, should I stay with this guy? Every, my family's driving me nuts. Every, you know, should I apply to law school? I'm having a really hard time in law school. Like, I'm struggling studying for the bar meeting other women that I'm inspired by both professionally, creatively, mentally, spiritually. I just consider myself so fortunate to have this this group of women from all backgrounds that I can depend on. And so it makes me really sad when I see other women losing that, particularly when it's lost for male validation. And I don't just mean like joining an all-male friend group. I mean abandoning your friends for your romantic relationships. I have been changed forever by the women that I've met in this life. I truly think that my college experiences of, you know, living with some of the smartest, funniest, most talented women in my college class who are all going on to do great things, um, who really provided, really imitated that sister bond that I have. Um, If you didn't know this, I have six siblings, four sisters, two brothers. So just being able to have that like familial bond with women that I didn't even know 10 years ago was shocking to me. And it helped me unpack my internalized misogyny. I don't know that I've ever really told them this. I'll definitely do that after this podcast. But I think it changed who I would have become and who I am now politically to have such dynamic, complex relationship with friends. It absolutely changed how I approach my romantic relationships because now there is not a man who can touch me or get close to me who can fail the bar that my friends have set because my friends don't miss any occasion to celebrate me, to lift me up, to dry my tears when I'm sad. So there's just absolutely no way that I would perform the most intimate act with someone who can't even do that. Because honestly, what am I getting from you that I couldn't get from adamandeve.com if you're not going to live up to the standard that my besties have set? You know what I mean? So I want to segue into reading some stories from you guys 
because I think it really illustrates my points. And honestly, I just think it's really cool that there's enough people listening to this podcast that when I asked for like genuine feedback via DMs, via Spotify, which if you are a Spotify listener, um, I ask a question every week, feel free to reply to it. Feel free to vote in the polls. Typically we vote on like what we're going to talk about for the next week. So just an FYI, but I think it is so cool to have a cultivated audience already at this like very early infancy stage in the podcast when I'm still kind of figuring out what I'm doing that you guys want to respond. So let's get into what you guys said. Okay. So this submission is from spicy nerd drope on TikTok. And it says, when my close friends and I matured and started sharing honestly with each other, I realized how much creative problem solving we got done. I have my point of view challenged every day for the better, and I'm challenged by the people I trust. I'm proud of those healthy dynamics we created. And I, this was my favorite response because I think it really speaks to how your maturity can grow when you're in community with people who value you and handle you with compassion. I know that there have been times when I'm in conflict with my friends where I've been forced to outgrow some bad habits. So for me, that was when I'm upset with someone, I just kind of want to never talk to them again. And I realized that I had the potential to lose some very important bonds to me a few years ago. So we like had those hard conversations and just being handled so gently and delicately by your best friends while having these like really heart-wrenching moments is so important. And so this submission in particular spoke to me because I'm proud of those healthy dynamics we created. I think so often we've got it in our heads through past experiences in our adolescence, or maybe I'm just speaking personally because of what I shared, um, of what I went through in middle school, that it's not possible for women to have these dynamics with each other, that we're always catty or bratty. And I I just think that that's not true. I hope that you've had the opportunity in your life listening to this to be held gently and maturely by other women in your life. So on to the next submission. This submission really echoes what the last um, TikTok user said. And it says, quote, Female friendship made me recognize my discomfort with platonic intimacy and work to form better boundaries with people. I was aware of my true limits, but made sure my friends felt how much I cared about them. And again, that goes back to being in community with people who can hold you and respect you gently. It's very interesting um, that of the 11 or so submissions that I got, and by the way, thank you to all 11 of you that answered the prompt. Love ya so much. Um, everything they said was about safety and security and being handled with care. And it really, it was kind of like the perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about, because are we actually requiring that level of safety and care from men? The answer is no. I know this based on how I acted when I was younger. I know this based on how I saw my friends act, how I see some of them act now. I know this based on what I see on TikTok and Twitter every day. And I know this from random conversations with drunk girls in bathroom stalls. No, we're fucking not. We expect literally men to show up with dick, whether it's mediocre or not. That's a topic of a separate podcast. And then 
like as long as they're claiming us publicly or feeding the Delulu spirit in our head of feeling claimed, like that's all that's really required at a very base level. Unfortunately, it seems like for women, just because of the patriarchy, we're socialized to accept nothing. And then through a bunch of adverse borderline traumatizing experiences, you learn to raise your standards, which is so fucked that we're just not incentivized to have these standards in the first place because I cannot tell you how many times I have watched a woman place all of this burden on her friend that she would just never expect from a man. And I talked about this on my TikTok on Mother's Day. Um, And I think I mentioned it in a pod that we just expect from our friends the ultimate form of conscientiousness and care because we know we can get it from them. And do we just not ask men for these things because it's easier to pretend like they're not deliberately choosing to uh, neglect us emotionally? I don't know, but that is something that I'm going to ruminate and get back to you. In the meantime, what I really want to focus on is the fact that these beautiful, wonderful, inspiring friendships that we build with each other are ultimately just seen as stepping stones to get into relationships with men. I particularly think about this TikTok that I stitched in the fall, and it was of this really young girl. She was eating upstairs by herself. You know, she had kind of shown that she had moved across the country or maybe the state to be with her boyfriend and she had no friends. Meanwhile, he was downstairs laughing with all of his boys. And of course, you know, she wasn't invited because why would he think about her being lonely and alone? And so many girls in that comment section were like, yeah, you know, I have no friends because of my boyfriend. Like I've lost all my friends. I don't know how to get them back. I am a Bumble BFF user. And it's so common to see prompts from other women my age, like, I have no friends but my boyfriend. And this happens because we are taught that somehow relationships with men, even though heteronormativity and patriarchy, like the ultimate ideal of that kind of relationship is an emotionally neglectful man and a woman who's doing all of the emotional domestic labor. So just fundamentally that baseline of what we're taught to want can never actually fulfill your needs but we're taught to want that and then all of this stuff that you've built up with your girls it's gone it's gone if they're not dead to you then they might get a text on their birthday from you at like what 5 p.m just neglectful and rude and then the way it's romanticized like a couple days ago I saw a tweet and it was like Y'all, sorry if I fall back, but I'm just with my man now. I just kind of only want to be around him. What the? What the fuck? What the fuck? Because when I was in a relationship that wasn't great, when my friends were in fucked up relationships, do you know what saved us? It was telling your friends about the bullshit that went on and having someone who wasn't your boyfriend or wasn't his fucked up family going, oh my God. You are in a crisis and I'm here to help. It is so obvious once you see it that the way we're taught to approach our relationships with each other is just to make a man's life easier. Because how could you give up your lifeline 
and your safety. So many women are isolated because we are never taught how to manage our platonic and romantic relationships in a balanced way. Because ultimately, you are more beneficial to a man when not only are you barefoot and pregnant, but when you're barefoot and pregnant with no friends. We are not taught to make space for our friends and our partners the way that men are so easily able to navigate. And it's not because they're better at being friends. It's not because they understand time management for it. It's because a man understands that his identity um, is not centered on relationship, that being partnered with a woman is not an integral part of manhood in the way that being partnered with a man is an integral part of heterosexual womanhood. And I, I think it's important to point out that it's heterosexual womanhood because while many queer relationships have problems, like not these specific problems of heteronormativity. And so the end result is women who have no bridesmaids for their wedding, mothers who have no community, part of what is driving this motherhood crisis that we're seeing on social media is this idea of not having a village. But you know who would have been your fucking village? Your friends. Except you were taught that after college you should just shack up with the guy and never really talk to them again, except to maybe squeeze out a few dollars for your baby shower. And just so many women are completely alone in a way that's really heartbreaking and terrifying to think about, especially um, when you conceptualize like getting older and maybe moving to a new city or moving away from your friends or all your friends are moving away from you. And then it's like, oh my God, is the only companionship that I'll have the man that I end up with? And what sort of fucked up situation would I be in if he cannot fulfill me emotionally? I have been to three different continents. I have friends of all backgrounds, race, socioeconomic status, life experience. And yet when I have met and bonded with other women, I have yet to meet someone who has either A, not abandoned their friends um, for their boyfriend, or B, been the friend who was abandoned, which I think really speaks to how common this problem is. And it's heartbreaking And I really meant it when I used the word victim because how can one conversation undo a lifetime of patriarchal conditioning when every Disney princess ran away from her home and her friends and her family to go join some random prince that we know nothing about? How do we look at adult women and say, that's not a rational thing to do? How do we convince women to keep their interests and hobbies when your independence is leveraged, not leveraged, but when your independence is seen as a threat to your potential to be coupled, when it's seen as a contributing factor to your loneliness, I think truly, how do we convince women, and I say weeks, I hope this is something that we all think about, and I love getting your feedback, um, how do we convince women that it is worse to be romantically lonely than it is to be platonically lonely because I've seen it happen so many times. If that man ever decides to get up and leave you, then not only do you not have a boyfriend, a fiance, a husband, now you are completely and utterly isolated and alone. You have no one. It is very hard to get those friends back. I highly recommend the Hulu show Dollface um, where the protagonist 
essentially loses herself in a five-year relationship. He dumps her and then she goes crawling back to the two friends that she had and kind of working through those bonds and those fractures together. But life is not a TV show. And some people, um, and at times this has been me, are not so kind and willing to take back someone who so fundamentally broke their heart because it is a heartbreaking thing. Like I lost a friend in college because she sided with her absolutely obnoxious boyfriend over me. And it's still something that makes me sad to this day because genuinely, if that hadn't happened five years out from my college graduation, we would still be cool. We would still be friends. But I don't know that I can come back from that sense of betrayal because it was like a real heartbreak. You're breaking your friend's heart every time you ditch them for your guy friend. And I want to be clear that there's a difference between making that space, especially in the early stages of a relationship where it's kind of natural to spend maybe more of your time with them and just completely completely abandoning your friendship network. This is something that I'm, I don't know, I've just thought about because it's affected me so much. It's affected my other friends so much. And I think, unfortunately, it's something that will continue to impact me as long as I'm a woman on this earth because that patriarchal conditioning runs deep, man. And it can just, it can be so hard to shake someone, especially the older that they get and to say like, no, you have meaning and joy and safety and security in your platonic relationships. Please don't sacrifice a bond that you have likely spent years cultivating for this man that just came into your life three months ago. So I think I'm going to wrap up this podcast for now, but because I was late on this week's episode, um, there are two episodes this week. So if you'd like to listen to something that's a little bit sillier, a little bit lighter, maybe it's like a fun pick me up after this semi-heavy episode, um, then I really encourage you to just skip on ahead to the next episode. Until again, I see you next Monday. And by the way, Next Monday is my birthday. I turned 26 on June 5th, Gemini season. You know what it is. I'm actually a double Gemini, Gemini moon, Gemini sun, and a Sagittarius rising. Per. So um, I'm really excited to release that birthday episode. I'm so excited to get your feedback. As always, if you made it to the end of the podcast, I'm literally so thankful and perhaps even in love with you. Um, And I look forward to, I don't know, doing this with you next time. Have a good week, guys.